What's going on, buddy? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. For the city rocks, we're rocking metal thrive. Happy Tuesday, buddy. It is April 27th and new music time coming here to the Corporation Podcast. This band, again, thanks to Absolute PR for helping me uh, get connected with this band as well. The band is called The Undertaking. They have this hardcore punk, punk metal sense, a lot of inspiration coming off of that out of San Diego, California, and they have a brand new album called Funeral Psalms dropping on Friday, this Friday, April 30th, 2021, for you to go and check out as well. But before you check it out, please, please, please listen to this album and how it came to be from Austin, their vocalist, right now on the Corporate Progression Podcast. Me, Not only do we talk about the album, we talk about, again, the love of music and how much live shows really mean to us and how much it means to a lot of people. We also talk about the different things that happen with this album, like uh, Joey from The Use being a huge help on this album when it came to the band coming up with this and how the band was able to, what's the best way to put it, check their egos at the door so that anything was possible for this one. And they truly created something special on this one that you can either recognize how awesome this is or you can be left out in the cold. And trust me, you don't want to be left out in the cold in this one. So are you guys ready? Let's jump into it. Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, got this band to have their music come across my way. And I saw punk, hardcore, and I'm just thinking... My God, why the hell am I not wearing my Rise Against shirt today? I love this kind of stuff. So jumped on into it. And this brand new album called Funeral Psalms comes out on April 30th. And you're going to hear all about it today. So please welcome to the Core Progression Podcast, Austin from the band The Undertaking. So Austin, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast, man. Thanks, buddy. Uh, stoked to be here, uh, Kevin. And thanks for having us on today. Thanks for being on. How's everything going out there in uh, San Diego, California at, at this time of the uh, year? And like a year after the pandemic started. Yeah. Uh, California's one weather's great. Uh, we're, we're cruising. It's been a little hotter than usual. So we're, we're kind of missing our like 65 to 75 degree weather. It's a little hotter, but can't really complain because it's not snowy and it doesn't get that terrible here. Uh, but I mean, California has been a little bit of a tricky uh, situation with COVID and stuff because we took everything really seriously. But today uh, we're recording this in the middle of uh, April uh, our our governor Newsom starting to uh, uh, kind of loosen things pandemic wise, so I'm hoping that things can start to go back to normal and everybody can start to do our normal San Diego stuff soon. That's good to hear because I know over here where I'm in Wisconsin, like the one we're recording this recently. Um, well, by the time this comes out, it'll be a little bit more older, but uh, in Wisconsin, like the vaccine roll was going rather well, so all of a sudden it was we were supposed to have everybody ages 16 and older be able to get the vaccine starting like May 1st. That jumped up to April 5th. And then on that day, I was like, yep, I want to go back to seeing live shows. I want to make sure that I can get back in those mosh pits. So I was like, I just went to like right in the morning. I'm like, hit me. And now I got to wait till May. And then, of course, today my dad goes, gets the Johnson and Johnson one. He's all done. I'm like, oh, come on, man. What are you yeah. doing? I can't, I can't believe this. But it just, again, with the I've seen other states, you know, having a lot more success with the rollout as well, getting those earlier times. So hopefully with more people getting the vaccine and then the impact of coronavirus being less and less, we can get back to doing our normal stuff like going to baseball games at full capacity and not having like these strict restrictions on how many people can be in the ballpark, go back to tailgating, which is something I like to do, or for all of us, get back to live music. 
Yeah, well, that's the crazy thing. Same thing happened here in California. Is the rollout sucked real bad at the beginning. Um, but now pretty much I think everybody can get it if they want it. So I got my second dose last week um, and ready to go. And I think now that the, the colored tiers that we're in in California are starting to go away, uh, we are starting to stare down the barrel of shows coming back and, and specifically uh, our band last night, we, we practiced on Monday nights. Uh, every Monday night we practiced and we actually prepared like our, our first set, uh, kind of saying, okay, if we're going to pick seven, eight songs, uh, like if somebody called us and said, hey, we got a show coming up in three weeks, we want to be ready for that. So we're, sh- we're starting to get everything show ready and be ready for the opportunity when it comes up. I don't know when it's going to come up, but we're going to be ready to play a show. It'll come up, it will come up at some point in the future, though, hopefully rather quickly, because I'm seeing certain bands, especially, um, you know, bands that aren't going to be playing those like massive arenas and some of these smaller uh, concert venues, some of these more smaller concert halls, ballrooms. It's they're starting to book stuff. I've seen very little for May and June. I'm seeing more for July. And then, of course, it's like September seems to be right now, like the big open up. We're fully ready to go because there's a good number of uh, festivals like Blue Ridge, Louder Than Life, uh, Incarceration, your Milwaukee Summerfest. Like a lot of them are set for September right now. So that seems like it's the big push. But I'm starting to see stuff for July as well, maybe a little bit of late June. So make sure you have that prepared because you never know at any time. All of a sudden, maybe this vaccine roll keeps going well. And by the beginning of May, all of a sudden, these number of cases and the number of hospitalizations just continues to dwindle. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now we can go back and just get back to playing live shows. The next thing you know, you might get a call and just be ready to play a show in two weeks. And the fact that you're continually preparing for this, especially with the new album coming out, I mean, you're going to be ready to go and just take this, you know, return to live music back by storm. Well, that's our hope. And even like you're talking like the fall, September, October, that's when we're seeing a lot of stuff come up. But even if we have an opportunity to play a couple local shows here in San Diego, uh, if we were able to do something in June uh, to kind of just... dust off the the dust off the rust or however you want to say it kind of get back into it and we can uh, if we screw up a set we can do it in the local crowd here at a bar or something <laughs> yeah and not only that but like the local crowd too is probably going to be just ecstatic not only to be able to get out and see live music again but to also see you guys as well because taking a little bit of the background into your history as well it seemed like especially after that first ep like you guys really took this just massive chunk in the san diego scene and just really took hold of it yeah we uh we started up in t- 2018, uh, recorded our first EP that, that year. And then when we played our first show, which was March 2019, uh, we kind of just hit the ground running and played a bu- as many shows as we could here in San Diego that year, uh, which is crazy because then we were preparing ourselves to have a bigger 2020. COVID hit, so there's no shows available. Um, but then we were able to shift that sign with Solid State. So we're, we're like... Yeah, we're ready to go and stoked to kind of get out here locally, but also if we can get on the road and do some national shows too, it's going to be really fun for us. Well, especially being able, uh, getting signed as well, that's going to help out potentially with certain connections as well because you never know exactly who's connected to who and all of a sudden you're going to end up potentially getting on a on the string of like a national tour potentially as an opener to, I mean, maybe all of a sudden I'm going to end up seeing in Milwaukee, all of a sudden anti-flag is headline and all of a sudden you guys are right under there. I'm just going to be thinking – oh, shit, I'm going to end up getting beat up at that show in the mosh pit. <laughs> and all of a sudden, as I'm saying that, I'm probably going to be typing in my credit card information, my computer buying a ticket at that given moment. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I'm looking forward to that. 
that's the hope, man. And, and music, the music industry, and you know this, uh, doing your podcast and stuff, it's all about who you know and the different connections you make. And that's kind of how we ended up where we're at is we are never really afraid to, to ask the right questions to the right people. And then when you ask the right questions, the doors kind of uh, squeak open for you. And if you can get your foot in the door, then you're all set. And that's kind of how we built this is one show at a time here in San Diego led to bigger shows. And by the end of 2019, we were playing with Fall of Troy. Uh, we are about to play with the red jumpsuit apparatus in, in March of 2020. And that's when, uh, that's when COVID shut everything down. Um, but then kind of just kept building from there and, and here we are. So hopefully, yeah, there is a national opportunity where we're coming through Milwaukee and we can talk Brewers baseball and catch some live music too. Oh, hell yeah. I'm always down for that. And even if it makes means like I'm going to have to stay up for 48 hours straight to make that happen, I'd rather do that than sleep and have a normal day. Yeah, let's go. Same. <laughs> let's make it happen. All right, Austin. So before we really jump into the meat potatoes, especially with the brand new album, Funeral Psalms, I always like to start out the podcast this way. I know we kind of got a little bit more into it. However, I always like to do this just so that everyone gets to know you a little bit better, just gets a little bit more of that uh, kind of like, you know, you're talking to a friend and you're listening to a friend kind of way. So I always ask three specific questions. The first two, very simple, very easy. You're not going to have a problem with it at all. The third one is going to kind of put you on the spot in a way that I absolutely enjoy. So the first is, what is your name? So that's easy. Second, when it comes to the undertaking, what do you do in the band? Again, easy enough. The third one, I want to know a little fun fact or a wacky story about yourself that is potentially going to make me fall out of my chair and laugh because it has happened before and I always love to hear those wacky stories. Plus, then people get to know you a little bit more and be like, oh, you know, maybe I did something like that too, like uh, threw water balloons out of a moving car at people. That's something that yeah. no one has said on the podcast. That's something I did myself back when I was like yeah. 17. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got it. Uh, my name is Austin Visser. I'm the vocalist in The Undertaking. Uh, used to play bass in bands and found out I'm a terrible guitarist, so I started to yell into a microphone. Uh, and the fun fact about me is I, uh, in college, I was the mascot for the San Diego Padres. So I got paid in college to be a mascot. I was never the swinging friar. Um, I was too tall. Um, I'm 6'2", 200 pounds. So I'm, I'm too tall to be the friar, but we were, uh, Petco Park is sponsored obviously by Petco. So I was the big red dog. Uh, so I, I got punched by a Dodger fan and I was, uh, they, they, they uppercut me one time and the suit hit my nose. So I'm like bleeding bloody nose in the suit. And then another time, uh, a drunk Giants fan, uh, came up and uh, asked me if I wanted a credit card in the suit and you're not supposed to talk to so put my hands up and she slid her hand up my butt cheek. <laughs> oh my god what i don't know what it is with baseball with some baseball fans man i've heard some crazy stories about that i've seen some crazy stories i i'll, I'll put uh, after the podcast i'll tell you this other one that i had about uh when i because we were talking earlier about the uh brewers dodgers nlcs back in 2018 the game i went to i got a story to tell you about a dodger fan especially with you as a potters fan that you will absolutely love to see because not going to lie, the guy kind of made a big ass of himself and our whole entire section, even though the Dodgers won, were consistently ripping on this guy. So That but sounds pretty in, uh, in in line with Dodger fans in general. So, yeah. I know. I just, I just don't want to, like, for some reason, paint Dodger <laughs> fans in a bad light on, on the podcast in that realm because, well... It, it the, the story is kind of can get a little extensive and get drawn out at points. So I'm not going to want to do that, but I totally understand that way, especially not only that, but like with different like things with baseball, well, different fans. I mean, yeah, I'm here in Milwaukee. My brother and my grandpa are absolutely gigantic Cubs fans. So there's always some sort of rivalry between usually go down to Wrigley at least like once every two years. And 
Some of the things that some of the things I see between Cubs fans and Brewers fans here in Milwaukee or at Wrigley Field sometimes it's just like, what the hell is actually going on? Like, why is this stuff happening? But then there's plenty of other times where it's just when we get along, it's just fantastic. Of course, yeah, that's funny. It's, but I can't believe you're actually like the mascot, like you know, the big like Clifford the Big Red Dog for Petco Park. Yeah, yeah. So for four years I did that, and uh, it was a great job. I loved it. I uh, had a, had a ton of fun doing that, jumping around throwing out swag to people, dancing on the field and stuff. Uh, it was a good job. It was a good job in college. <laughs> now I got to ask, did you ever get to meet any of the players doing that? Uh, we kind of stayed our distance. Uh, you got to interact with them every once in a while in, in, in the suit. And then if we were doing a, a event outside of a ball game and stuff, like you could kind of paired up with uh, a player. So I, I worked this event with Adrian Gonzalez back in the day. Um, yeah, and every once in a while you'd interact with them, but I never got to know any of the players specifically. I had to I had to ask just because a I'm interested in seeing if you had any crazy stories with any baseball players and two I've got a couple of friends that have done that with different teams as well and it's just sometimes I hear their stories I'm thinking how the heck are you guys friends with these people it's just like out of nowhere it makes sense it's always for like the most random reasons you could think of yeah well I'm actually um I used to be good friends when he was in town I was friends with Andy Green uh the man he was the manager of the Padres for a couple of years now he's with the Chicago White Sox or uh, Cubs I mean and uh when I was out in Milwaukee, because of our connection with Andy, uh, AJ Ellis lives in the Milwaukee area, uh, used to be a catcher for the Dodgers. And we actually picked him up from his daughter's, uh, uh, daughter's volleyball game and brought him. I can't even remember the specifics of the story, but I was chatting with AJ Ellis. We were driving through Milwaukee one time. So that was cool. Yeah. Andy Green, uh, one of the coolest dudes uh, you, you could ever meet. One of the kindest guys. And like, too bad. I, I feel bad for him because our team uh, here in San Diego sucked while he was manager. Uh, just terrible. We were terrible. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, don't worry. There were times here in Milwaukee where there's players or coaches where it's like, we absolutely loved them, but the team was just absolutely horrendous at that time. So it's like, you know what? Kind of always leaves a sour taste in your mouth. The fact that these, these players were fantastic. These managers, we really liked them, but the overall name of the game is winning. And that did not happen. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the story with Andy for sure. So for any Brewers fans listening out there, just remember the years like 2000, like 2000 for well, whatever since Miller Park's been there 2001 through like 2006 it, w- it was not good yeah oh that's funny Plenty of stuff, but uh, you know what I, like I said earlier we could talk about baseball and sports for <laughs> I mean god knows how long but of course that is not the reason why we're here despite the fact that I'm wearing a Viking shirt and have a baseball cap on so of course we're here to talk about the undertake we're here to talk about the brand new album funeral psalms which comes out again on april 30th everybody and if you haven't heard me say april 30th like three times already i'm gonna say it one more time april 30th so make sure that so i gotta ask with this album because one of the biggest things i saw with it was the themes really take a look at dealing with anxiety and depression throughout the whole entire album so was this something that you wanted to, to really take hold on or is it something that especially with the way the pandemic had started up that a lot of emotions were coming out and it was something to really talk about and really like, like as a band, let your feelings and emotions out through these songs. Yeah. Well, the, the truth of it is this, this whole album was written, created and recorded in the midst of a massive pandemic where there's political unrest, there's race unrest, there's obviously the pandemic and people getting sick and dying, uh, people getting furloughed. So there's a lot of issues that we were dealing with where we were really frustrated and there's a lot of anger uh, that we kind of, uh, we harness those feelings into the music. For me personally, as the vocalist, I'm going to take, 
I'm going to take my lyrics. And if there's a certain line or a theme that I want to want to dive into, I really want each song to have a very clear narrative path. And I need to then emotionally be able to uh, feel that when I'm singing or else the song, like you're kind of stripping the song of the soul and the emotion of it. If I don't mean what I'm saying, that's not fun. And so then that's where, like, when I'm creating the lyrics and writing stuff down, I might come up with like a one-liner or something that I think is cool or might fit in with this song. But then I really want to focus in on what the theme, what the narrative of that song is. And then for me personally, there's a lot of stuff with anxiety and depression and just mental health in general, just, you know, what, what, what we can do to be better humans. Um, and then like a song like No Friends, that's just straight up like a, um, that's a reflection on me being a bad friend. And you, you, you use these songs, you use this album, you use playing music as kind of a therapy session as you get some of the stuff off your shoulders. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But especially with dealing with those emotions of the pandemic as well, I love what you said about the fact that if you're not going to actually feel these things and you're not going to really put these into your lyrics, put the emotions into there so that when you're able to you know, record them or perform them live, you're not feeling that impact on them. As the fans, you know, there's going to be points times where we end up noticing that and it's like is this kind of being forced at times but when we really feel that passion we really feel that pride or just whatever emotion you're feeling at that moment from that song you know it's something that just connects people to the music more and more often and it's just something because yeah maybe especially with if you're talking about something specifically we didn't go through the exact same specific thing that you did but the emotions that are tied in are the same and that's what we relate to in the most positive light there's, there's the whole thing of trying to make it very personal to me, but also universal so that you, you as the listener can hear it and you kind of understand what I'm trying to say with, with a metaphor or a concept behind a song. And it's very important to me. I'm very proud of what we were able to do on this album. And I think for me personally, uh, these songs are very emotionally rooted in my experiences in life, my, my family's experiences, having kids, the wife, and just everything that we go through in our day-to-day -day life. And yeah, that's part of the fun, man. When I'm out there and I'm yelling into a, like a breakdown or one of the parts that we have, like I really, I need to feel that viscerally in my, in my soul. And then I'm able to put that emotion into the song. And then you as the listener or uh, Lord willing it, uh, in a show setting, like, yeah, there's this moment where we're together feeling this thing. Uh, and I think that that's the beauty of music, man, is that we can create a very special moment uh, when we're doing this stuff. Oh, absolutely. I've got two things to really go off on that. The first is something I've been saying consistently on this podcast, but I, I need to share with you because it fits in perfectly where you're talking about, you're talking about stuff that you're going through and you're making it personal for yourself, but you also want to make sure the audience relates to it in a certain way using concepts or different metaphors as well. And I've always looked at, you know, if you're going to be talking about something specific, that's great. But if you talk about it with more of a metaphorical sense, you're going to end up letting people listen to the song. And what they're going to do is they're going to end up taking the emotion that you are putting out there in that song, whether it's through the instrumentals, the lyrics, the tone of your voice, the different styles of vocals that you might be going with. And you're going to feel the emotion just off of that. And then as a person in your mind, especially as a fan, your mind's going to end up constructing it so that it feels like the song is specifically talking about something that you went through, though what you and the artist went through could be two completely different things. Again, it's where the emotion really comes intact. That's where it really sticks out in the mind. Not that, but especially with your style of vocals, especially in the more punk hardcore sense, where it's going to have that heavy, harsh, brash sound. It's going to be somewhere if you're not necessarily feeling that emotion or you're really just invested into that song with your own experiences, you're not going to get this just powerhouse style vocal where you're going to really feel the emotion every step of the way through all these 11 songs. Yeah, no, and that's totally it. Um, 
and two, I try, like I said, each one of these songs is very, very personal. Like every, I've, I've dove into these lyrics and especially as we're starting to get out, the, we're getting closer to releasing all 11 songs. I'm dissecting them just to make sure I know exactly what I was trying to say at a certain time. So like if somebody were to ask what this lyric on the song meant that I have a reason personally, but then as soon as we unleash these songs, we release them into the wild they have the ability to take whatever shape the listener is going to uh, take. And, and they're going to be very flexible with that. And, and you see that in movies sometimes where maybe a, a director has a very specific vision for something that they want to create. But then as soon as you release that movie and people consume it, they're going to respond differently to maybe the way that the author had intended it to be consumed, but it's still rad. Like, I think that's the cool thing about art is that it, beauty is, is in the eye of the beholder, you know? Oh, absolutely. And again, even look at music, for example, as well. I, I've, I've got a bunch of people I'm friends with that have been friends with for many years, and there's not a lot of them that really like rock or metal at all or any of the subgenres that go off it. There's a lot of people that like more the alternative indie stuff, more country, more hip hop, rap, more pop. But it's just something where it's not that it's bad art. It's just we're just connecting with the different sounds, the different emotions in a completely different way. It's just hitting us in a different way where for me, especially why I like genres like hard rock, where I like punk and harder where I love metalcore for this instance as well just because it's just this raw visceral sound and it just meets it just meets my like emotions a lot better because it feels more raw it feels more real it doesn't feel necessarily as like kind of overproduced and like fine-tuned because life isn't you know smooth or fine-tuned it's rough so especially hearing something like what you guys came up with on this album again just that rough heaviness of it just for me personally is able to be really connective just off of that fact that, again, I love the hard and heavy stuff because life is not smooth. Life is not just this, you know, polished kind of thing. It is heavy. It is hard. And it is not going to just like let up at any time. So really hearing that, especially, and I got to give your vocals a lot of credit for this because there was a consistent amount of that like brash, heavy, I'm not going to say unclean, but because it was definitely not like that unclean stuff, but definitely more that like classic hardcore punk kind of vocal where it's going to be screaming visceral in your face but it's also going to be clean at the same time yeah i appreciate you saying that there's a rawness to it which uh in the modern metalcore scene uh metalcore has ended up being like really produced and really clean which is not a knock on what any of these guys are doing uh because it's so sick but for us what we're trying to go for is a little bit more of that like noisier aggressive in your face style and my vocals specifically uh, I'm going to be, tr I'm going to try to be as unfiltered as possible, as raw as possible. Uh, and then the fun in that is, uh, everything you hear on the album, like I'm going to get out there when we do shows and I'm going to be able to do that live, uh, because in the studio I was able to, that's, that's, that's like, that's me doing that stuff. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you just let loose and go for it. And again, I, I do want to jump the thing you said with metalcore as well. Yeah. There's a lot more stuff that's more mild, modern, mod, modern metalcore that is a little bit more produced as well, which again, not knocking on that at all, especially take a look at uh, architects last album for those that wish to exist. It was definitely had more of this like production side behind it, a little bit more electronically produced, a little bit more polished for me. I liked it. I wasn't as big a fan as I was on like Holy hell from 2018 but you, it's an app, like I had to respect the album for what it did and all of a sudden just seeing how far it's come and how much it's going to end up influencing a lot of different people over the course of the many years. And of course, for me, I even got to go with like some of the production stuff as well. There's times where I absolutely love it. It's just not something that I'm always going to end up enjoying as much as I do as like that straight, raw, visceral, in your face, kind of just, honestly, just like bare bones is really going to hit you in the chest and just make you understand it you know, in its own way through that just visceral rawness 
Yeah, well, that that was very intentional when we went into recording this album, that everything you hear on funeral songs is us playing. There's no pads, there's no keyboards. Uh, every note that you're hearing on the album is something that we can create into a live setting, um, which we're really proud of. And and that was just something we went out to make. And like I said, no knock on any anybody else's style, because there's like architects, man, they're, they're like leaps and bounds better band than us, but we're just going for something different. And I think when we signed with Solid State, I think a lot of people were expecting maybe something a little bit more polished. So it's kind of been exciting to uh, throw a curveball at people and be like, oh, this is not what you expected it to be. And we're starting to see people kind of come around on the sound a little bit, which is which has been a wild ride and really fun for us. Yeah, it might be somewhere it's like, again, people are not expecting it, but it could also be something where people are, again, expecting a little more of a polish on, but they're not expecting it. But it, in the end, it's going to be what they want in a way where it's like they're going to want that just that 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 feeling that you get, especially with that just raw, in-your-face, visceral sound. And it's like, okay, maybe they're going to be more, more polished, but now all of a sudden you hear the record and it's like, yeah, that didn't happen. They kind of just stuck with what they love to do and just went for it. And it's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love that you just said that we went with what we wanted. Like this was an album that we really wanted to make. And we're, like I said, we we're very proud of it and we're very stoked for people to hear it, but then completely selfishly, like to be completely selfish with it, like we're stoked. And this is something that we would listen to. Um, if, if, if it wasn't us, I don't want to listen to myself yell, so I'm not going to listen to it, yeah. but it's something that we would want to listen to hypothetically. <laughs> And that's another thing. That's another thing I've been consistently saying as well. Is just like when it comes to music, it's especially for as an artist. I'm always saying, make the music that you want to make, even if it's like a change in direction of sound. Even if as a fan, even if for myself, if I'm not going to be a big fan of it, it doesn't mean that you know not not everybody else is going to be a big fan. There's going to be a lot of people that do like it. There's bands that do change their sounds over time, polish it up, maybe change it completely. Asking Alexandria, a great example. It's like they're making the music they want to make, especially from 2020. I didn't really care for it that much, but I'd rather have them making the music they want to make than make something that I want to make and just be completely miserable. Absolutely. And that's, that's the whole thing behind it is especially with how we, this band was created. We're, uh, we're a band full of dudes in their, their early to mid thirties. And we had careers, families, and we weren't really in the music industry at all in, in 2018. And it kind of came to be that we said, Hey, we miss playing music. We want to play music again. Let's get this band together and see what we can do. And it was just, something of like wish fulfillment and a bucket list just to be like, okay, first let's get together and see if we can do it. Let's see if we can play our instruments again. Let's see if we can record. Let's see if we can play shows. Oh, cool. We have a shirt that says our name on it. And it just kind of steamrolls into this passion project that we're so stoked on. <laughs> but it's, that's when the that's when you get the most success out of it too, is because it's happening naturally, but it's something that everybody in the band is passionate about. It's something that everybody's connecting with and especially yeah. between the, the five of you guys. So there's five of you, right? I got to make sure I get that right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, there's five. It's just that, it's just that connection that you all have between the five of you where it's, you all want to do this. You all want to make this happen. And if you're all, you know, all in on it, I keep saying all a lot. Wow. That I just noticed that, <laughs> but if you are all in on it, then you're just going to end up getting something out of it that people are going to end up relating to because of how much passion you're putting into it, because you're not forcing anything on this. You're letting this happen naturally. And when you let that happen naturally, it's just these certain things happen. These certain kind of sounds come out and what you want to do ends up coming out in these songs. And all of a sudden people are just going to listen to them, connect with them. And that's why, especially looking at kind of the history, when that first EP came out in 2019 and people really started jumping on the band, jumping on the bandwagon for it. It makes sense. And especially after hearing funeral songs, again, coming out on April 30th, everybody, there's another plug for you. They're going to feel the exact same thing, maybe with a little bit of a different um, mindset because, of course, from when the EP was released in 2019 to April 30th, 2021, 
the world completely turned over on itself. So we're all we all went through this completely different experience and we're all going to relate to things differently. So they might relate to these songs even more than they had to the previous ones or for people that are just getting into the undertaking, they might relate to them just in some ungodly worldly way because again, it's how they're going to end up being able to connect with them given the experience they just had in the previous year. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack in that. And that for us, it's, like I said, there's no expectations on what we can do with our sound or our band because this is all kind of playing with house money to a certain extent. We never expected to be here. Uh, this was kind of all a happy accident that all came to fruition over the last couple couple months, couple years. And now, especially that we're about to release a full-length album with Solid State, uh, that's a dream come true. And when we're operating in this zone where there are no expectations on what we should be doing or what we could be doing. I feel like there's so much power uh, behind just what we can do. We have no expectations on boxes that we're supposed to check. It's almost like a little bit um, unhinged. There's, there's something unhinged about this because we can kind of do whatever we want. Uh, and we're so stoked, obviously, one, to release this album, which, like I've said before, we're very proud of. But then, two, like when we start writing the second album and get, getting out there to play shows and stuff, that there's going to be so much unfiltered creativity that we're going to be able to put into this thing. And it's, it's cool, man. It's so cool to be here. And, yeah, I mean, like going back to the pandemic and what we did this past year, I think a lot of people as we start to um, get back to normal, get out to shows, a lot of people are going to have this. Uh, uh, they need to blow off some steam and there's a release that needs to happen because we're all frustrated. We're all kind of cooped up a little bit. And I think the music industry is in for something really cool in the next couple months as people start to get out there again. I think, I think the music industry is going to be in for an absolute explosion due to the fact that maybe not like right at first when stuff, when shows start getting kicked back up, just because there's going to be people that are going to be buying tickets to go see these shows because they have this passionate connection to them where they go to those shows and it's like, no matter what could be going wrong in the world, no matter what anxiety they have, depression they have, whatever is keeping them down, whatever is stressing them out, they go to a show and for that duration of the show, nothing else matters except the pure happiness and joy that they're going to feel. If you like connect with the shows that much, me being one of them, especially first chance you get, we're going to be out there. But there's also going to be other people that really like to go to shows, but they might be more hesitant based on what we just gone through the past year with the pandemic. So they might not necessarily jump on the bandwagon for the first month or two, but then afterwards, especially going to the like later uh, parts of 2021, you'd be seeing these massive tours, these massive shows where all of a sudden, you know, stages over here, like I'll use Milwaukee uh, at the rave, all three stages in the rave could be booked every single night and they could be drawing crowds of in the ballroom, like two, 3000. And then in the basement, you could be getting people staying outside, trying to get into a venue or a capacity that might be 750, if that, but hell, I've seen a yeah. thousand in there. I think that there's a big, that, yeah, there's going to be a learning curve. You know, with the first couple of shows, I think they might be a little bit clunky where venues are starting to kind of figure out what capacity looks like. Are people comfortable? Uh, does it feel safe to people as they go out and, and experience these shows? But then I think after the first couple of weeks, first couple of months, I, like you're saying, I, I truly think, and, I hope it explodes because uh, I mean, for the bands that make this a full-time living, like make their bands a, like a job that they need to, to provide for their families and stuff. I want nothing more for people to go back to normal where they are able to provide uh, for us. Fortunately, like we have jobs outside of our bands, and uh, it's not like a necessary thing, but just for the industry as a whole, it's 
going to be so important for people to go out to shows and, and support uh, the bands that they listen to. And that's even as, as easy as just purchasing merch and, you know, buying vinyl records and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it, at some point people are going to have to, this isn't, I'm not scolding anybody, but there's also a little bit of a level of like, you got to put your money where your mouth is. Like people have been clamoring for shows and okay. Once shows are back, we need people to show up to those. Oh, absolutely. And I, I do understand that too. It's again, I've seen so many people clamoring, like when can we get live shows back, when can we get live shows back. And then all of a sudden we're starting to see some stuff peak up a little bit about potential live shows coming back. I have even seen some of the pushback on that as well. It's like, oh no, it's too early. Oh, it might be this, by that. I'm like, you know what? These bands, again, they've been sitting on the shelf for over a year at this point. For some of these bands, this is what they do. This is how they provide for their families. This is how they make their money. Yeah. And if if after a year all of a sudden you know vaccine rolls happening and we we end up having you know the okay and we feel and there's a, a certain amount of safety that is av- involved whether it's you know different protocols that the venues are going to take or the fact that people are going to be vaccinated up to the point where the the uh, virus transmission is very minimal so it's like you know you right. go to a show and it's just like any other illness you could potentially get from going to a show pre pandemic. Yeah, it's probably this, safer. It's probably safer than it used to be. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, yeah, it's probably safer than it was in 2019 when all of a sudden it was like you know no no COVID 19, but you know people's hygiene and people's uh, cleanliness and people's mindset around that is going to be greater. People are going to be washing their hands more. People are going to be getting hand sanitizer more. So, hell, even the pit could be healthier than it was before the pandemic. We've all been to those dive bars, man, where you step into the bathroom and you know you contracted something just by going pee. So. <laughs> It's like if you if you step in that bathroom, if you had to if you had to clean that bathroom, then then this can't affect you. Like there's your immune system has been built up from going into one of those. Now we've all lost that immune system over the last year. (laughs) It'll it'll be another year until we build that back up. But you know what? It'll be something where for people that are hesitant to go out and see live shows, again, totally understand that because of the year we just went through. However, especially for a lot of the bands that are out there, there's always continuous different ways you can support them. And it could be as simple as just talking about them on social media or sharing them with a couple of friends. Because, I mean, it's very minimal that this would happen. But all of a sudden, you share this band's music with a friend. All of a sudden, next thing you know, just from you sharing it with a certain friend, the chain goes on all of a sudden. Now this band is being heard by many different people that are high up in the music industry. And now this certain band that you liked and you were talking about it within, you know, maybe a span of six, seven months is all of a sudden all over the place and they just completely blew up. It's very minimal that that would happen. However, if it's something that there are so many other people doing it, it's like, it's like when the lottery If all of a sudden, you know, you have everyone pooling their money together and buying a gigantic ticket. The odds of it working and winning are going to be a lot greater. So there's always something you can do. Doing nothing is the only thing that doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good way of saying it is word of mouth is one of the best things that we can harness for supporting the the scene and just it. Yeah, especially when you enjoy something, uh, share it with people. That's, that's like such a rad way to uh, share art and share music is I don't know. I think I think we lose that a little bit with Spotify and Pandora, YouTube. Like, I feel like back in the day, you get these samplers or you pick up a CD and like you're just like running around with all your friends and saying like, oh, I just found this band. Um and now it's almost easier because you can just like send over a link, but there's so many bands out there too, that, that you got to make sure you stand out uh, with all the noise and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Cause even like for the, the bands I have on the podcast, the bands that I like that I've you know discovered in the scene that I haven't known beforehand, it's I'm on my socials. I'm always talking about them. I'm always talking about different bands that people don't necessarily really know. It's cause it's, Hey, 
these bands are good. If, if people are talking about, you know, we want rock music to be prominent again. So what are we going to do? Well, let's support the bands that are up and coming and are trying to make a name for themselves because those are going to be the bands that are going to end up being able to take that mantle and make rock and metal be that most prominent genre in America, in America or in the world today. It's something that could potentially happen, but we got to support the ones that are up and coming because once we get those emerging bands up to that level, man, then all of a sudden a lot more people know about them. Not only that, but it's just something where, again, with Spotify, it is a lot harder because also, you know, you're sh- if you share a link with someone, the link that they click on that, again, it could be very, very, very minimal unless it's something that you app like someone that you absolutely trust. And it's like, okay, now I'll click on this because I know this person, their music tastes, and we know each other. So it's going to be something that's a lot more connected. But if someone just randomly reached out to you on Facebook or Instagram, wherever it's like, hey, check out this, and they send you a link very minimally are you going to check it out because it's like well do they know me i don't i'm not sure if i know them that i'm not sure if i really fully trust their musical judgment in terms of what i would like so might hold off on that so it's again it's that it is word of mouth but if it's word of mouth and more and more people are saying it the more and more people that are connected with those people are going to take their opinions into accountability and then check it out for themselves yeah absolutely and that's that's such a huge thing, especially when you have that the the friend group of people that you trust, and you, everybody has that friend that uh, you're like, oh, I gotta I gotta make sure I'm listening to what this guy's listening to and stuff. And so that's the the industry is definitely full of gatekeepers, and we, we I mean, our goal right now is to win over as many people as possible. <laughs> I'll say when it comes to the stuff that I do, it's like I'm always talking with people about this stuff. There, I know some people that kind of that do take my opinion into account. I'm like. Well, when it comes to all these emerging bands, like even whoever having the podcast, I'm like, yeah, check this out, check this out, check this out, check this out. Like I'm just throwing stuff their way. And it's, there are times where it's like, yeah, I'm, there's certain things I know you guys might not necessarily be the biggest fans of, but you know, if you do like something like this, or you want to check something like this out, check out this band. If you really like this, check out this because you might like it. And it's something where, again, it's, if, if people aren't the biggest fan of it, okay, I totally understand. But someone else then there might be. So you might want to check it out. You might want to get a taste of it. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're listening to this song and you're going to want to check out the rest of the band's album that it came off of or that EP it came off of. Then you want to check out the rest of their discography. The next thing you know, when live shows come back, you're going to be waiting and watching their socials to see when they announce a show that's going to come within your area. Heck, if it's even a couple hours away, you're going to be like, well, hell, I want to go see him play live. So next thing you know, you're buying a ticket for a uh, show that's three, four hours away and you're driving there that night. <laughs> that, that, that's like overwhelming to us to think about, but that's, that, that's like the dream for us is that we're playing shows again. We're starting to meet some of these people and uh, that are coming and traveling and stuff to see us or whatever bands they're going to. That's like the cool thing about music, man, is that, like I, I've said before, there's something commu- there's something communal about music and there's something that's like so soul refreshing is being together with a bunch of people listening and jamming out to some music. When it comes to music, it's for all of us, because again, like I said, we're like a live shows, whenever we're at a live show, it's no matter what bands are there, some everyone is there to see at least one band that is there because they have a positive connection to that band in some sort of way. But the fact sure. of the matter is, is everyone that is in that crowd is there because they have a positive connection to the music that is going to be played that night. So it is like a family of just positivity because we're all there to just absolutely enjoy Hell, the people, again, the mosh pit, like myself, we just go absolutely nuts. And it seems like we're trying to kill each other, but it is honestly the biggest form of like stress relief you could possibly imagine. And by the time the song is over, by the time the, the set is over, people are giving each other high fives, hugs, and just like going and absolutely having a great time. And it's like, yeah, well, you guys just got done trying to kill each other for 45 minutes. Yeah, but we went through that shit together, man. 
Well, it's a, bro- it's a brotherhood and, and not in a, a, a sexist way, but like it's the thing that we're doing together. And uh, yeah, there's something bonding about seeing, seeing a band and being part of the, being part of that art is something that's really cool and really fun. So yeah, we, oh man, we've, we've missed that so much. You can't wait to do it. And I think for us too, you're talking about uh, different genres and maybe not resonate cer- certain songs or genres not resonating with everybody. That's something we try to do on this album where there's like a lot of different references and a lot of different things that kind of pop up here and there. And so hopefully there's certain songs maybe that aren't for somebody, but if they give the full album a listen, there's at least one or two other songs that might be something that maybe resonates with them or something they like to listen to a little bit more. Uh, and obviously saying that we tried to make a cohesive album, but kind of pepper in a lot of different references all over the place. Oh, absolutely. I can totally understand where you're going with that as well, because people might be listening to uh, like, oh, uh, what song was it? Except O Negative and No Friends. But all of a sudden, it's like, you know, that might not necessarily be for them. But then all of a sudden, they listen to a whole entire album. They listen to Demon Season, and that might be all of a sudden one of their favorite songs out of nowhere. Again, it's still going to have that that the undertaking feel with that more punk, hardcore kind of style. But there are different nuances within Demon Season as well that are completely different from O Negative or from uh, No Friends. And it's just really connects it could really connect with somebody else that isn't necessarily as big into some of the stuff that is on the rest of the album but again it's something where i've gone through with bands as well where i'm not necessarily the biggest fans a lot of their stuff but all of a sudden there's like one or two songs where i'm like yeah i might not necessarily like all their stuff but those two songs holy shit and i still listen to them to this day exactly well that's started that's part of the fun so so our album uh we're managed by joey bradford who's the guitarist of the used um and so we recorded at his studio here in san diego and so that's like where demon season comes in where we kind of restructured that song in the studio and he helped not influence not not necessarily influence in like a bad way but he helped influence the create the creative process of those vocals so you have a little bit more of like that pop punk kind of emo feel and some of the verses even the way the chorus is structured there's like kind of a bounce to it which uh, it's fun to kind of allow, di- like in small little nuances, allow different genres uh, to kind of influence our music. And it's fun because it then ends up the product is completely different than something that we expected it to be. But that's what happens when all of a sudden you get in the studio and you someone gets an idea for something. You just explore the idea because you never know. It could work out. It couldn't work out. But you're not going to know until you try. Exactly. No, I love it. That's the, the man. Like there's again, I keep saying unhinged and, and it's in a good way, but. Like there's something like unhinged in the creative process of being in the studio and kind of working on something together. And we were able to be there for a full month uh, in August of 2020, uh, where we recorded all 11 songs in a matter of like 30 days. But there was just this insane creative uh, kind of moment that we all had together in that studio. So it was pretty cool. And that's going to be a moment that you're never going to forget. And that moment could have easily been the moment that really made this album the whole cohesive unit that it is because without that you could have had something that, you know, could have been a whole cohesive unit, but it just wouldn't necessarily have this full feel, especially again, using DMC as well, kind of heavy, especially the chorus having a little bit of that pop punk bounce to it at the same point as well. We're not, I don't think really any of the other songs on this album really had something like that. But then again, like I had said earlier, people might listen to some of the other songs. And again, it might be like, I like them, but they're just not really for me. Then they listen to demon season. And then all of a sudden that is the one that they connect with the most. And then all of a sudden, yeah, like I said, they're sharing the they're sharing Demon Seed, they're sharing the audio, they're sharing like a YouTube video with just like the album artwork over it. They're sharing it out to their friends, and then all of a sudden their friends are gonna give a, get a listen potentially, and then they're gonna tell some other people. It can just be that whole entire chain of events, and next thing you know, you're gonna be potentially going on a national uh, tour, maybe opening up for a couple of different bands, and next thing you know, people are there packed 
for the opener to see you guys. And then as time goes on, all of a sudden you start moving up the list. And next thing you know, you're on national headlining tour. Never know how long that might take, but could be short, could be long, but it could easily happen. That's the hope, man. That's the hope. It's <laughs> the hope. And I'm like, okay, now we're just pumping this one up. Also I know. Let's, let's go. We're all also, for it. And also because after listening to the whole entire album as well, again, for everyone that completely forgot, Funeral Psalms comes out on April 30th. I'm not letting you guys forget that, even though I've said it like five times already. This is one of those albums when I was listening to it, the first thing I could think of was, man, I want to hear this thing live because I know from the moment you guys start playing, from that exact moment, I'm just going to start seeing this space open up in the crowd and I'm just going to be immediately attracted to it because I'm like, massive pit, here we go! Yeah, dude, that's something that's kind of a bummer for us at the moment because our live show is a huge part of what makes us uh, uh, the undertaking. Uh, and we, we, we honestly try not to stay on stage. So if there is a pit, like you're, like you're, we're in there too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, jumping around, climbing on people. And I think, yeah, like part of the whole thing with this album is trying to create something that we can replicate live. So there's nothing that's like too complicated that we're not going to be able to actually play it. Uh, we kind of test our songs out in like a little, uh, like I, I say a laboratory, it's not obviously a laboratory, but we like kind of test it out. Like, can we move around while we're playing this? And then like now, as I was saying earlier, we're starting to test out our set. So then it's like, okay, if this song goes into this song, what does that do to the emotion of the crowd? And what does that do to, for us as the musicians? How do we feel about this transition to this transition? So for us, it's something that we take uh, a lot of pride in and we take very seriously in how we construct our set so that it's something that's energetic and uh, exciting and it's something that people can feel. Uh, and for, yeah, for this whole album, man, we can't wait to play some of these songs live and from, from song one to song 11, uh, any song in between just busting it out live and have people climbing on each other and jumping around and stuff. That's just going to be such a fulfilling thing when it happens. Oh, absolutely. Cause it, like for me going to live shows, I've seen bands that would definitely fit more of that like punk, hardcore punk kind of style as well. And it's just, those shows just get absolutely ridiculous and insane. And one of the biggest things for that is just how those bands construct those set lists as well to make sure that the energy from one song to the next flows and the crowd feels that energy along with what you guys are doing on stage as well so that it potentially, you know, if you're going to want to just amp something up, all of a sudden you're going to end up being able to transition to a song that's going to do that that's going to perfectly come after the one you just played. Or if for some reason you guys got a longer set going on and you're going to potentially find a song that might be a little bit slower, might be a little bit more melodic to give people a little bit of a break. Just, yep. you know, put that a little bit towards the end of the set. I've seen this happen. I mean, Rise Against my perfect example is I've seen them many times. And all of a sudden, we're going absolutely nuts, going crazy. There's times where people are like, okay, we might need a little bit of a break. And then they uh, Tim breaks out the acoustic guitar where it's like, thank you, man. We needed like five, ten minutes. And all of a sudden, after that, it's like, okay, we got four more songs guys ready to go. And everyone's just amped up, ready to go after that. So it's that thought process of how to construct a set to make sure that what you guys want to achieve is done just no, having that idea already is going to put you leaps and bounds a bunch of uh, in front of a bunch of other bands because i i know some that just have not necessarily grasped that concept yet and the ones that do grasp that concept again those are the shows that you go to and you see them live and then those are the ones that you're talking about with your friends the next day that you're looking up their music the next day because that's all you want to do is like okay i want to find out more about this band i just saw the previous night even if that was the band you were not planning on seeing the night before 
Well, and that's the fun thing, dude, that, that we take, like I said, we take a ton of pride in our lives though, because I, like I was saying earlier too, I'm a, I'm a big dude, so I, but I can't really stand still. So I'm jumping on people, I'm moving around, I'm headbanging, I got long hair and just kind of going crazy. And so our guitarist, uh, Keith is lanky. He's not going to wear a shirt. He's got tattoos all over the place. He's going to be swinging his guitar around. Uh, Johnny, all of us, we're just going to be like moving around like crazy. Our bassist is, uh, James. He's just like a bear of a human. He's just like lumbering around on stage. And so there's definitely something very physical that we bring to our live set that we can't really wait to unveil to people, especially as we take it on the road and we get to do other cities and stuff. Yeah, and if you bring that physicality to your life, says, well, again, the crowd's going to end up seeing that. They're going to feel that energy, and they're going to respond in kind. I've seen it happen plenty of times before with live shows where all of a sudden it's just how the band is acting on stage and how they are performing and how the energy that they're giving off and how it affects the crowd. I've seen it happen sometimes in a negative, but for the most part, especially when bands just have that full-on energy and they just know what they're doing, and they yeah. just want to have the most amount of fun with it. The crowd responds in kind. So sometimes to the point where all of a sudden the crowd is getting more energy than the band does. And the band's thinking up on stage, oh shit, look at this crowd. Now we got to top them. And next thing you know, it's like everyone's trying to one-up each other. But every time someone tries to one-up each other, it's it's so productive to the point where it's like, okay, now the band is going to try and one-up the crowd with energy. But everyone's loving the show, so the crowd wins. Then the crowd tries to one-up the band, go crazy. Now the band wins because now the fans responded to yours in kind, and everything just keeps getting crazier to the point where at the end of the show, everyone's going to be leaving that show thinking, my God, even if I didn't want to come tonight afterwards, holy crap, am I glad I went to that show because you're going to feel that for, I mean, there's still shows I talk about that this <laughs> happened to, and I haven't seen a show in over a year. Exactly. Uh, can I Can I press pause for a second? Yeah. Okay, sorry, I'll be right back. That's all right. I will be doing the full-on promo section of the podcast at this given moment. All right, I'll be right back. All righty, so as Austin does take his break, one thing I do want to say about is, again, Funeral Psalms, the brand new album from The Undertaking, is coming out on April 30th. It is a Friday, so... When it comes to finding the album online, again, you guys are going to want to stream this up, especially if you're into punk, hardcore punk, a little bit of metalcore as well. You can find it on wherever you can stream music. And for Spotify listeners, I know that's the most popular. Apple Music listeners, probably the second most popular. You will find the link to the band's page in the description of the podcast, either on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or iHeartRadio. So you can go check it out right now with all 11 songs and there are a couple others uh, that i have they have out right now i know no friends out there i believe oh negatives out there right now so go check those out at the moment if you guys like a little more of that like pop punk balance feel especially within your hardcore punk when this album comes out uh demon season the six track is definitely going to be the one for you and of course when it comes to finding the band online with all their socials where you can find them on youtube where you can visit their website you can buy their merch and support the hell out of them Again, I'm going to have all the links description of the podcast for you guys. Again, YouTube, Spotify, Podcast, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening or watching, they will all be in the description once again. So we're going to have them all there for you guys. It's going to be super easy to get into the undertaking as well, because here's one thing I do want you guys to do. When it comes down to the album release, again, of Funeral Psalms coming out on April 30th, I want you to take a listen to the album. I want you to take a listen to it. Whether you like or not the biggest fan of hardcore punk, but you like rock and metal, any kind of the subgenres like punk rock, if you like metal core, if you like hard rock, take a listen to the whole entire thing. There's going to be something on there that you like. And then what I want you to do is this. I want you to share it with somebody. I want you to share it with somebody that, 
let's say, how about this? I want to share with somebody that values your musical opinion. And the reason I want you to do that is because like we had talked about earlier, when it comes to getting people listening to music, especially if you're just send a Spotify link, if it comes from somebody that you have this trust with when it comes to the musical taste, it's going to be something that they're going to end up listening, potentially listening to a little bit more. And they could like it. They might not like it. It, it, it. I mean, on that point, it necessarily doesn't matter. But what matters the most is that we end up sharing the music for these up-and-coming bands once again because with the way rock and metal is right now, again, you take a look at a lot of the festival lineups. Like, There's a lot of legacy bands up there. I've seen a lot of this stuff happen right now. And one of the best ways to make sure that rock and metal continue to thrive, especially with the beginning of the resurgence that's happening right now, is to support a lot of these upcoming and emerging acts once again. I mean, like The Undertaking, they're building a brand right now. They're really building up, especially after that EP in 2019. So Funeral Sums is a great pickup after that. And we support these guys. All of a sudden, next thing you know, they're going to be doing this national tour with a couple other bands as well. Might be the opener, but then you're going to want to go out and see them. Your friends are going to want to go out and see them. If you're on some different musical pages like I am, uh, let people know about this band. Let them know because when they're going to find out about them, they might want to check them out. If, if it's not their thing, again, totally understandable. They might know someone who is their thing. Word of mouth is an incredible tool to get this music out there. So make sure you do that once again. So as we continue this on, again, Funeral Psalms, the brand new album from the Undertaker comes out on April 30th. I believe you can check out the song No Friends right now and O Negative. But the one song, especially when the album comes out on April 30th, if you like a little bit more of that, like a hardcore, like a little bit more like a pop punk bounce, especially with Joey Bradford from The Used working on this album with them as well, it's going to have that in there. So it's definitely going to be more for you. Check this out on that day. Share it with a couple of your friends. Share it with one friend. Share it with someone that likes rock and metal. If you're on some sort of musical pages, please, please, please share it there. Um, and feel free to tag the band in almost everything that you can tag them in. Again, I'm going to have their socials listed with, with links in the description of this podcast, YouTube, Spotify podcast, iHeartRadio, so you can take a listen to it. And again, man, I got to take a drink after this because, my God, am I really going ham on this nutso promo? I mean, I don't know how long I just went on that promo for, but yeah, if you guys, again, if you haven't heard, Funeral Psalms from The Undertaking comes out on April 30th. And again, uh, with MSOC Rocks as well on the Core Progression Podcast, you can find all our socials in the description as well under the follow us on social media. We've got uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we have our uh, Instagram account as well. Instagram is usually the most popular. We have our YouTube page as well where you can watch the podcast or watch the other videos that we come out with at the same time, um, usually every single Wednesday. We also have our um, Spotify or any kind of links to our uh podcast again the youtube link we got uh spotify a podcast i heard you. i used to always say google play though but now because google play kind of went away and they went to like streaming on youtube i'm like well i put the youtube videos up on anyway so why don't i just say that i mean youtube's the way to go but again please 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 make sure you check out this album and please please make sure that you are continuing to support emerging acts and upcoming acts and your local and more regional acts as well because of course we know a lot of the heavy hitters in the scene whether it's hard rock punk rock metalcore heavy metal alt rock i i I mean i post hardcore pop punk we know a lot of the heavy hitters but there are so many great bands that are coming up in the scene today that you are going to want to check out so again that's what we're doing here on the core progression podcast we're talking to all these acts to really get you to know them understand them and listen to them so please make sure you do that and now austin is back and i could potentially take a little bit of a breather on that because i just went nuts on that whole entire promo (laughs) 
I love it. Thank you so much for being flexible. My wife was leaving to do uh, to go get some margaritas with her friends, so I got to set up my kids watching Pokemon and snacks and stuff. <laughs> so you got you got to set up with snacks and watching Pokemon. Okay, that that is a win right there. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But, thank you for being flexible. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. And I'm pretty sure if if people didn't understand at that point, I mean, I just went off consistently saying, you know, what the day the album's coming out, where you can find it, and where I'm going to help them find it, and to make sure that they share it with at least one person that I would say respects their musical opinion because then they're more likely to check it out and potentially share it with somebody else. Just keep that flow going. Well, we, we appreciate that. Cause I mean, like I said before, sharing our stuff is a huge thing for us. And, and, and we don't take that for granted. We're, we're so appreciative of every single person out there listening to our stuff. Uh, even if you don't like it, like you're still, you, <laughs> You're still giving us a stream. You're still clicking on our music on YouTube and stuff. And, and we've seen it. There, you know, it's not going to be for everybody, but it's still really cool. And, and hopefully uh, in our day and, age, in our day and age in our culture, people are still just looking for new music uh, and having open ears and open eyes for, for new stuff to come across. Because I know for me, sometimes it's hard to listen to new music because I know what I like. And um, I like I like what I used to listen to back in the day. And sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want this new band because I'll just listen to the band that I used to like that's like them. So anyways, all that to say, we, we appreciate people listening and supporting and stuff. It's, it's part of the fun, especially with us kind of being a pretty green band on the scene and, and recently signing this all day. It's been so fun to connect with people and get to know uh, these new people out there who are listening to our music. And uh, it's been just a... a yeah, it's been a wild ride just to connect with people and realize that we're starting to make some new friends all over the country. Well, one thing I want to get back into funeral songs as well. One thing I have to ask is, especially with it being produced by uh, Joy Bradford from the U's as well. We talked about how the kind of help, the kind of production that you guys worked with on Demon Seed as well. But how was it working with him on an album like this? Uh, it was so sick. Uh, he's got a place. The studio is called the Vibatorium, and so he's kind of all about good vibes and just making sure to feel that moment. Uh, we are a very type A band. And so when we went into the studio, we had demos for like 14 songs ready to go. Uh, our drummer is an EDM producer. So he sits at his computer making uh, dance bops all day. So he's just like pounding the bass. And so we go over to his house and we record some scratch guitars. We kind of make stuff happen. And so then we were able to send, uh, we were able to send all those songs to Joey before the studio so that he's able to listen to them. Uh, and then what we did in the studio was very, very special because we didn't sit down and do all the drums at one point, all the guitars at one point, all the bass at one point, all the vocals. Every single day, each of us were coming in to perform, which created this rad experience where every day we showed up to the studio, you were prepared to participate in the writing of a song. And if there was like a vocal idea that I had over a part, I'd hop into vocal booth and kind of put something down even if it was gibberish just so that we can kind of put a placeholder over top uh, of the riff as we continue to write it then that's where joey comes in and like when i'm in the vocal booth he's just like spitting ideas out harmonies uh, melodies that i'm kind of catching off the wall and, and putting into the mic and so that was a very special moment just to be like all right i'm gonna put these headphones on i'm gonna stand behind the microphone and i'm just gonna get ready to roll and same thing with guitar where uh, he'll say in interviews too that he doesn't really allow people a lot of space to kind of think and so the the recording style that he does is kind of fast paced and so when when you're holding the guitar and it's it's plugged into the computer like you're you're ready to go and the creative juices kind of start to go uh kind of crazy at some point which 
which is really cool. And, and then the caveat on all of that is for us, the five of us, like I said, are type A. So we kind of overthink everything. So then to have Joey come in and be that sixth member who kind of offers a little bit more of the perspective on what we're trying to create as a whole. Uh, we cannot thank him enough for uh, what he was able to do with that process. Cause I think we can tend to like overthink and overcomplicate the writing style. And so just to have him be like, Oh no, that's like, don't do anything more with this part. It's kind of perfect how it is. Or maybe this part's not as consumable as it could be. Uh, that was really cool. So it's kind of like you're working with a guy that's just consistently, you know, straightforward working, but also is not going to let you let up, let up on anything. But when it comes to something that's like, it might have to be said, essentially give an idea out there. He's not going to like pull any punches. He's going to hit, he's going to hit you straight in the face. Like, okay, maybe this could work a little bit better this way. Oh, how does this work? No, no, no. This is what you want on this. Like he's going to give it to you straight up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that's the, that's the environment that was created in the studio too, where all five of us in the band and Joey were all kind of uh, allowed to have an opinion. I don't know if you listen to Jim Rome, but he always says like, have a take, don't suck. And so that's the thing that we always apply is like, if you have an idea, like make sure it's thought through. Uh, let's, let's see what, what sticks. Uh, but yeah, there, it was, it's a vulnerable process too, because in the studio, man, when you're creating stuff, you can get your feelings hurt or toes stepped on. If it's an idea that you like, didn't get put on the album or something. And so, so for us to be able to put our egos aside and just realize like, you know, what's best for the band as a whole, uh, that's like really important to us. And that, that's not only important to just like when it comes to making music, but in life in general, this is at some points you're going to have to check your ego at the door just due to the fact that potentially your ego can get in the way of something that could be absolutely spectacular, whether it's with a significant other, whether it's a job opportunity, whether it's with music, whether it's just in life in general, you never know what might happen. But the fact that you guys were able to put that aside and just really focus in on what you wanted to focus in on. And then when it came to ideas that everyone had the opinion, everyone was able to be open and express what they felt like on it without feeling like they're going to get any sort of repercussions off of it negatively. Like their opinion was going to be taken as valid was going to be explored. And if it wasn't like, okay, this isn't working out again, like I said earlier, you never know if it's going to work out or not, unless you give it a shot. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, um, that's what I was talking a little bit before where there's uh, no expectations on what our sound is like. So there's no, there's no bad ideas in the writing process of like, Oh, what if we tried to do this? And you know, if a band was, uh, if a band was very much rooted in a certain style or a certain sound, there's certain ideas that aren't going to make it on the table because it doesn't fit within that box that that band has created. And for us, we're always trying to, if, if we are starting to put ourselves in a box, we're always going to try to rip that box down as much as we can. And you hear that with my vocals and stuff. Like there are no ideas that are off the table uh, in, in guitar riffs and all that kind of stuff. Just everything is, is on the table and we want to have as much fun and creative, uh, make each song as creative as possible through that. So yeah, we, we don't want to be put in a box. <laughs> In a way, that's going to end up having you guys create your own sound off it, but it's going to be something where your sound is going to have, there's going to be a certain signature behind it, but it can go in many different directions as well. Using Bring Me the Horizon is a perfect example for that because they've kind of got this, like, this just, again, this rough, more anger feel to them, but you've seen what they can do in a deathcore, metalcore, hard rock, even more of this, like, more pop scent at the, scent at the same time as well, and then roll it all together and do some even crazier yeah. stuff. It's something like that where it's, again, there's no boundaries on what your music is able to do and not having any kind of preconceived notion where it's like, okay, we have to sound like this. We have to sound a certain way. 
kind of be able to check that at the door and just create the music that you want to create and not have any expectations of what is like, we have to make a certain record a certain way, not having those kind of expectations can potentially create something beautiful. Let you guys have the ability to experiment with as many things as you possibly want. Yeah. And bring me the horizon is a great example. And I, we're not even on that level either. I mean, not even close, obviously they're one of the biggest like metal bands in, in the world right now, but what they're able to do album to album is really inspiring because like, like you're saying, there's no ideas that are off limits and there's no boundaries that you can't push with it. And so that's something that's super fun. Obviously we want to sound within our, um, within our ballpark, as I'm saying, we're trying to break down boxes, but there's also kind of a playing field that we're trying to set. So that one song doesn't sound like completely out of left field. Like it still has to sound of a whole. And uh, that's something I think we did really well on this album where every single song kind of fits in its place and, and has a sound that pushes and pulls on different uh, genres and different inspirations, but together uh, as a full album, you can kind of sit back and you can say, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because really going through all of Funeral Psalms, that was pretty much what I was thinking. Like, as going through, I'm like, okay, from song number one all the way through song number 11, really going through each one and how it progressed, especially within the track listing, which is another thing I have to give you a lot of credit on, which is how the track listing really went through this and really went through all those different emotions within anxiety with depression, with whatever you guys were trying to talk about within those themes. How it went from the start, you know, the problem with being included in the apocalypse. First thing I'm thinking of is, okay, we just went, we're going through a pandemic right now. And we're all going through it. So we're kind of being included in this, like the title that just sets everything out perfectly. Sure, sure. And then going to the end, I got to make sure I get the name of this. And then this, the last song being called, And Everything Worked Out Just Fine. I'm just thinking, huh, okay. So we're going through all these different emotions. And at the end, it's like, you know, these emotions of anxiety and depression, they may be prevalent. They may be a consistent part of life, but they're not going to always last. No, and yeah, that's, you know, I, I didn't, I don't even know if I intentionally thought through that, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, the the starting of us being in the pandemic, but with everything just every and everything worked out just fine. Being the last song was very intentional with that title. It's like, yeah, like you're saying, there's all these emotions, there's these different things that we're working through, and at the end of the day, you still have to put one foot in front of the other and kind of make things work. And yeah, that's that's. I like that song title too. <laughs> I think another great way to kind of put the, like that song title in perspective is with a classic Jurassic Park, Jeff Goldblum quote where it's life uh, finds a way. Finds a way. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go Jurassic Park. There, there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. No, I'm definitely glad I pulled the Jeff Goldblum quote on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Jurassic. I have a Jurassic Park tattoo on my arm. It's one of my favorite movies because it's like the perfect film. So. The the original, I hope you're. Oh about yeah, that. I, yeah. I, I'm a. I'm actually. I'm not. I'm a pretty big fan of all of them. I I can find something to to enjoy in each of them. But the the original Spielberg one was just like such a perfect perfect movie. It's no perfect from start to finish. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's like you still watch it today. I think the only thing that really would kind of date the movie is you what you look at like the technology that's used to like run the park ah, on the computer. Ah, say the magic word. Yeah, outside that, it's like you take a look at the dinosaurs and it's just, I've seen some CGI dinosaurs and it's like, they don't even look as good as they did back in 1993 with what Spielberg did. Oh, no, dude, that, that movie's a freaking legend, yeah. It is pretty soon, all of a sudden, next thing you know, when there's going to be a song that you end up writing that is inspired by Jurassic Park out of nowhere. You never know. Oh, man, I'm racking my brain. So there's a lot of pop culture references on the album. If you kind of pick up on uh, um, some different things and I don't 
think that there's anything about Jurassic Park, which I'm surprised that that didn't make it. But like on Nostalgia Can Be a Nasty Beast, one of the songs in the middle of the album, I think Calabunga. Uh, no Friends, the title of that is inspired by Russell Westbrook when he, uh, his quote is saying that when he plays basketball, he has no friends, just balding. Uh, and so there's just like a bunch of different pop culture things littered throughout the album. Yeah, and like the songs, again, Nostalgia Can Be a Nasty Beast. It's, I absolutely love the title of that. And then kind of taking a look at trying to figure out like the whole entire meaning behind it, especially what I was getting from it. I'm just like, holy crap, does that title make a lot of sense? Especially given a lot of things that have been happening within pop culture, the movie industry, TV, like things have been happening over the past couple of years with how big everyone's kind of banking on nostalgia and how kind of this, it can be, again, this, like you said, a nasty beast to where we're focused so in on what was and what we used to love. We're not focused yeah. on creating something yeah. that we're going to love now. Well, that's, I love uh, you, you. That's exactly it. It's not like I'm trying to like hide meaning in it, but, but that's what it's about. It's, that the, the title of that and then even just like whoa we're always kind of looking backwards and reflecting on oh and we were kids the movies were this or the shows were this and sometimes we are so focused on what's behind us we're not able to move forward um and so that's what this album for us is it's an opportunity for us to continue moving forward um exactly yeah, it's like you, you can even relate to the music to music as well for for me because again i'm when I was growing up, like, especially like, you know, like middle school, high school, that was like right at the end of uh, like the emo pop punk thing and more like, you know, people are getting metalcore. But then, of course, rock and metal was really kind of starting to take a real big backseat. But I'm thinking back like 2006, 2007, where people were listening to stuff like Panic of the Disco, uh, Fall Out Boy, Escape the Fate. And it's just like it's kind of like, oh, it's like people are still kind of reflecting back on like the 90s grunge era. And all of a sudden we're, 50, you know, we're 2021. And people are now taking a look at what I was seeing it from that time in the nineties with the nineties grunge era back to that time in 2006, where people are talking about like older Panic and disco, older fallout boy escape the fate when they had Ronnie Radke in the band, just like taking a look at some of this stuff and how people MCR specifically just how people connect. It's like, Oh, music isn't what it was back in 2006. I'm like, well, people are saying the same thing in 2006. So like it's not the same as it was in the nineties. Like we're so focused in on what was instead of also focusing on, you know, what is in the present and what we can enjoy now instead of like, Oh, I wish I lived back in that time. Well, you kind of yep. did live back in that time. You just didn't realize how good it was. And the time right now is good. Is just as good. You're just not realizing it. Well, and that's the thing. You miss out what you miss out. Uh, you miss out on what's right in front of you if you're folks. If you're constantly looking back. And granted, it's always important to look back at the roof your mirror because you kind of learn where you've been and maybe where you don't want to go again. Uh, just in terms of life experiences and stuff, because obviously every experience that we have has made us who we are at this moment. Um, and we want to learn from that, but just like, yeah, keep moving forward. And I think that that's something that we're trying to do, uh, especially it's a little bit of a tongue in cheek thing too, because we're all a little bit older. And so we were very influenced by the metalcore and hardcore uh, scene from the 2003 to 2008 with bands like Every Time I Die and Under Oath, Norma Jean, Chariot and stuff like that. And so, yeah, so it's a little bit of tongue in cheek because we are very influenced by that specific time, but that's us kind of acknowledging like, okay, we did, we did look back and we are nostalgic about this music that inspired us, but at the same time, we're trying to kind of bring that back and make it something that's going to uh, push the industry forward and push music forward too. I think, I think a good way to put that is, is it's definitely okay to take a look back in the rear view mirror, but you don't want to live in the rear view mirror. Yep. Exactly. Look at me come up with a quote for the day. Oh, yeah. I know. No. No. I, meant, 
I would have put that up on a board or something while when I was like, working. <laughs> well, when I was well before the pandemic at work, you always had these whiteboards up there, and I'd always end up writing something wacky up there. But I'm like, oh, I could write an inspirational quote up there. Now nah, I've been in the office since March of 2020, and I don't really think I'm going back there. So, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> writing it somewhere. You know, might put a little sign in the window that has that there, and we'll see what happens. I love it. <laughs> So a couple other things when it comes to Funeral Sumsville, because one, I saw, especially with the, the last song and everything worked out just fine. You did have a feature on there as well. And I got to ask, how'd you make that happen? Uh, yeah, so we have Cove from Seosin hopping on the last song of the album and to completely remove all mystique and coolness from that feature. Uh, Joey, our manager and Cove, our best buds, and they went to high school together. And so, uh, Joey manages uh, a couple bands. So he manages us. He manages Cove's new band, Dead American. He manages a band called Dragged Under and then another band called Royal Tusk. So there's four of us, uh, that are all kind of under, uh, Joey's tutelage at the moment. But, uh, yeah, Cove and Joey are our best buds. So we got through, uh, working on that song. And at that point in the chorus, we said, Hey, this is where we would love to have somebody come in and feature. Uh, we threw out the name Cove and Joey calls up Cove. Uh, Cove's not really doing much. So he's hanging out at his house in Vista and he's at the studio about 20 minutes later. And then about an hour later, that whole, uh, that whole chorus and all the harmonies and stuff that he did is all put together and put on that song. And he then vanishes into the night. And it was just one of those cool moments where there's a lot of creativity kind of flowing through the room and stuff. So, yeah, we were able to get that because of Joey and him being buddies and stuff. But, yeah, huge, massive respect for Cove and his his career and what he was able to do with Seosin. And then obviously check out uh, Dead American. They're, they're about to put out an album on uh, Velocity Records. Uh, so they just announced that signing, I think, in January. And there's a lot of cool stuff coming up on that front. Awesome. And I mean, that's kind of a cool thing to have happen where all of a sudden it's just, it just kind of, it's like one of those stories, like it happened one night where all of a yep. sudden it's no, working on a song and next thing exactly you know, what it is. get a feature on there. All of a sudden, Joey calls Cove. All of a sudden he comes over. You guys are just like in this massive crank, the creativity up to 11, put it down all of a sudden, like after between an hour and a half from start to finish. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, did that just happen? And you're thinking, yeah, that just happened. And also the whole entire time yep. we're talking about the different bands that Joey managed. I'm like, Okay, please tell me somebody else that I'm going to absolutely know and love that's not The Undertaking. Like, give me somebody else. When you said Dragged yeah. Under, I'm just thinking, oh, thank God. <laughs> At least there's someone I'm like, I'm absolutely a big fan of that I know. The other two I've never heard of before, so I'm going to check out both of those as well. Yeah, Dead American is Cove's new band, Dragged Under, Royal Tusk. Uh, they're a rock and roll outfit that, that kills it. And yeah, Dragged Under, Fluff, and uh, Tony and everybody in that band, they, they crush at what they do, so. Yeah, I was, I was kind of mad at the end of the year because I was doing my whole, at the end of 2020, I was doing my whole year-end awards thing, and I always do something now where I'm like, okay, top 10 albums from bands that are emerging, that like basically to shine a light on the bands that are coming up that you should potentially get to know about because they're great, and I was mad because I didn't listen to Dragged Under's new album, which came out in January 2020, until after I had made the video, so, oh, the, no. so as I was editing the video, I even put a little blurb in there, I'm like, I got to put this in there. I have to apologize to Dragged Under because if I had actually heard this before I before I made the video, they would have been somewhere in this top 10 list. So I was like, I got to apologize it. right then there. Yep. They're, uh, they, that album that they made and put out last year was awesome. They signed a mascot record too. So Joey's got a little bit of a golden touch that he's getting everybody under his uh, umbrella signed to the labels and we're doing some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> 
I'll say now all of a sudden watch what's going to happen. All of a sudden there's going to be like, he's going to end up having like this like crazy different like tour put together with all you guys like just somehow, some way. And next thing you know, I'm going to be here in Milwaukee going to the rave. All of a sudden, who you seen? Oh, I'm seeing the Undertaking and Dragged Under. And this is going to be yeah. just freaking awesome. They're, uh, I won't spoil it, but they got a couple massive tours. that uh, They got some big news coming out soon. So that's pretty cool. That Hopefully somehow you guys are involved too. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. Just throwing out a little bit of hope right there. We we would love to be on the one, but I don't I don't think we're getting this one. <laughs> hey, you, you never you never know. But um, so with the album coming out on the thirtieth, I I gotta ask you this one more question: What do you expect when it comes to this album coming out? How do you expect the fans to react to it? And I, I mean, honestly, are you excited for it to get released? Yeah. So so we recorded this in August of 2020. So we've been sitting on this music now for almost six months. So so for us, it's very fulfilling to be able to share it with people. Uh, these are ideas that have been rooted, rooted in our heads and our brains for so long. Uh, so I think for one, it's very therapeutic for us to finally release them and put them out into the wild. Um, and yeah, man, we're, we're stoked. We're so eager for people to hear it. There's some really fun stuff that we accomplished on this album. And I think if people give it a shot and maybe they're, uh, you know, putting it on while they're on a run or exercising or even just hanging out around the house, I think people, uh, if they give it a chance, they're going to be really excited with what we do, kind of throwing it back to some of the, like I said, the mid 2000s hardcore stuff, but then also doing some fun new stuff. Uh, we're really excited for some of the hooks that we created and hopefully they get stuck in people's head. Uh, and then I think the biggest thing actually two things. One, I can't wait to actually get a physical version of our album because Solid State pressed it on vinyl with two different variants. And so we're really excited to get that. Uh, you can go to solidstate.com and pre-order that. And uh, just to be able to get a physical copy of our music is a huge uh, bucket list item. Um, but then lastly is to be able to play it for people and to show up to a show if it's in Milwaukee or New York or San Diego, anywhere in the country and have people being able to know and possibly sing along with our music. Uh, that's like that's that's the hope. <laughs> that's definitely the hope. And for everyone that is listening, yes, again, remember, Fear Swamps comes out on April 30th. And I did have a chance to listen to the whole entire thing. And you guys know I always will do a deep dive into these albums. And I always kind of put it together with an overall at the end. And I'm turning my head over to my note sheet right now because I don't want to fuck up what I said. So as I put it this way, I said, overall, I had an interesting time with this debut LP from The Undertaking. I love the hardcore punk inspiration. The fact they have so many other influences in there makes this album a potential dynamo. Were there certain instances I wasn't a big fan? Maybe some of the mixing and pacings? Of course, but nobody is perfect. That just kind of happens, especially depending upon how you listen to music. One thing I always enjoy seeing from the band is how they show us a willingness to create their own sound, blend a few new things in there. And one thing I tell about this album is that while the blending at times may not been something that I'm like, okay, maybe you would have done a little bit differently. But then again, that's my opinion. You can tell that the absolute idea is there and that even being natural is all there. So this band is showing you what they can do. It just depends upon if you want to recognize it or stay out in the cold. And trust me when I say this, staying out in the cold is not a good idea for this album. So go check it out. No, thanks. I appreciate the kind words. Just going through my whole entire like full-on rundown. I'm like, okay, so I want to make sure I get this right. Keep my head turned. And yep, <laughs> did good on that one with my whole entire note list. So Love it. So, all right, Austin, as we close out this podcast, I always like to end it by giving the guests a chance to say any final words they'd like to say, anything they want to plug, especially with the new album. Even though we've plugged it, you know, probably like 10, 11 times during this whole entire episode, we're going to probably do it a little bit more. But whatever you want to say, man, floor is yours. 
No, I appreciate uh, having us on here. Uh, it's always just fun to talk about our band and talk about the creative process and what we're able to do. Uh, appreciate everybody who's checking out the album because of this. Uh, and any opportunity to just follow along on Spotify, throw our album into a playlist, uh, stream it at work while you're working out, whatever that looks like. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys' support. And uh, I hope you know uh, that we value that and we don't take it for granted. So appreciate having us on. Appreciate you uh, checking out our music. And uh, it's going to be fun. We're really excited for people to hear this thing. And at that point, now it's time for me to end with my three things. First is, I know I went through the whole entire promo section as well when I was going to take a little bit of a break. But again, when it comes to finding uh, the undertaking online, when it comes to finding funeral songs online, whether it's on the social their social medias, on YouTube, where, uh, the website where you can buy their merch, where you can pick up one of those physical LPs, one of those nice vinyls, which I mean, I think I'm going to have to do that right now and play it on that bad boy. So, Let's go. Everything is going to be in the description of the podcast, Spotify, Spotify, podcast, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. In the description, you're going to see Find the Undertaking Online. It's all going to be there link-wise, so you're going to have a super easy time doing it. Second thing is, now, Austin, this is something I always like to do, and it's something that if I have an enjoyable time with a guest in the podcast, which is 100% of the time because I always love doing these, I always make a promise, and I'm saying the promise to you as well. So this is not an if. This is not an if. This is a when. This is a when I get to see you play live for the first time. And it can always be edited to whatever it needs to be. But when I get to see you play live for the first time, first round's on me. Let's go. Say, Gin, it, whiskey, tequila, whatever you want. I'm down for it. What, what I mean, you're speaking my language just right there. I mean, if, if for me, it's usually I go beer or uh, tequila or gin. I'm kind of weird that way, but I'm good with I'm good with anything pretty much. So remember, first round's on me. <laughs> I'll hold you to it. Please do. But also, please don't completely eviscerate my wall with like a $100 shot. $50 shot? No, okay. no, no. <laughs> I'm pretty simple, man. I'm a big fan of uh, gin and tonic. So cheers to that. All right. I can, I can get down with that. I'm a big gin and tonic guy as well. <laughs> when it comes to anything, I'm mostly beer. But when it comes to like hard liquor, mixed drink, gin and tonic is always my go-to. Let's go. Let's Party go. Time. So on that note, Austin, I cannot end this podcast in all good conscience with a goodbye for a number of reasons. One, I have the promise to see you guys live. And again, remember, first round's at me. Second, I want to make sure everyone gets to check out this album. So I'd love to have you on the podcast once again at some point in the future. And on that note, again, I can't end this with a goodbye. So I have to end it with, see you later. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you soon. We'll get, out, we'll get out on the road and we'll make our way out to, to your area. I'll end with this now. Can't wait. <laughs> Let's go. Well, well, folks, that's my interview with Austin from the band The Undertaking. Again, Funeral Psalms, their brand new album comes out this Friday, April 30th. You can check out that album at all the links in the description below. You have all their socials down there. You have their YouTube channel where you can buy the physical copy of the album. If you like hardcore punk punk or if you have a little bit of that taste of the hardcore style, again, check out this album on April 30th. You can check out the singles already, but please check it out on April 30th because it's going to have something that you like. Even if you're not the biggest fan of hardcore punk punk rock, whatever it might be, please, please, please give it a listen. You might find something that you really like. And if you do like it, please, please share it with somebody and this is going to be a big thing in the podcast from here on out from this episode, which is when you listen to this episode, I'm thinking about doing something that like, I know, uh, what was his face? Uh, the MFCEO project. God, I can't remember the guy's name. Andy Frisella, where he's always like the, the toll is the, like the, the pay, the price to pay for the podcast is by telling a friend about the podcast. No, the price to pay is 
listen to the album, and then tell a friend about the, the artists that you heard about on the podcast. Let's help grow these artists. Let's help get these artists that are emerging scene more recognition so that by the time that we get back to live shows in a couple months, hopefully, and by the time everything is back to the foray, that the rock and roll revival continues to work and that rock and metal becomes the biggest genre in the world, especially here in the U.S., once again. So, on that note, that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Code Progression Podcast. Let's see rocks or rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. I'm with a big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all! Oh, yeah!